Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I will give you the trouble with Russell Simmons, as in Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so we're back. It's your boy GD, and I want to talk in this episode. Uh, first, let's talk about the trouble with Russell Simmons. Uh, it's not we're not talking about the the mogul from Def Jam days, not him. Talking about Russell Westbrook and Ben Simmons. It's a tale of two players. One guy who shoots too much and isn't all that efficient. And then the other guy is one who doesn't shoot enough. So, let's get into it. Russell Westbrook of the Los Angeles Lakers. We all know how he ended up with the Lakers. LeBron kind of recruited him over to to get over there in a trade, which, which they did. So... And it was actually a choice of either Westbrook or Buddy Hill of the Sacramento Kings at the time. So, for reasons unbeknown to me, uh, LeBron chose Westbrook. Even given the fact that Westbrook is a ball-dominant point guard. So, when it initially happened, I thought... Maybe LeBron said, you know what, let me play off the ball and let uh, Russ do his thing and set me up and all those sort of things. So that didn't happen, guys. So you got two ball-dominant guys here on the team. And needless to say, it hasn't worked out all that well thus far. So nonetheless, they are 1-5 now uh, for what that's worth. Uh, pretty much rock bottom in, in terms of the West. But let's let's talk about Westbrook and what he's doing this year thus far. He's played uh, 30 minutes. He missed one game. He's played 30 minutes per game, averaging 13.4 points per game, along with a little over seven rebounds and nearly five assists. About a steal and a half, two and a half turnovers, so five, nearly five assists with two and a half turnovers. It's kind of two, two and a half to one, which isn't the greatest turnover, assist to turnover ratio. But now here's where it gets um, murky. He's 34.3% from the field. Ooh, that's ugly. And mind you, he's shooting the ball over 13 times a game, which is pretty much about third on the team behind, obviously, LeBron and AD. And then from three-point range, he's shooting a whopping 20%. Good gracious. And the thing is, he's hoisting up about four threes a game. A little over four threes a game. So, 
from the charity stripes, he's decent. 70 point, uh, about 71% will say that from the free throw line. But 20% from three, come on. That's, that's not good. Not good at all. And I was saying to someone, too, remember, he came in that same draft as Derrick Rose, which was the draft of 2000, 2008. 2008 draft. He was fourth. Derrick Rose was first. The reason I bring it up is because both guys are considered athletic-type point guards. Both guys won MVPs in this league. And both guys, you know, have, has a lot of heart, a lot of explosion to their game. But uh, where the difference, um, where they kind of part ways, is that Derrick Rose has suffered quite a few injuries along the way in his career. Uh, many of which were career-threatening. Yet, he has reinvented himself as this sage six-man with the New York Knicks. Kind of like the, uh, you know, the temple of wisdom for the young guards over there. So, um, and to top it off, his three-point game is much superior to Russell Westbrook's. And, of course, his leadership is has been invaluable over there. Whereas, with Russell Westbrook, I mean, his game pretty much is what it is. If anything, it's on the decline. And, I mean, he's he could probably pop you a triple-double here and there. Um, but he's just not that guy anymore. You know, and you got to understand, you know, uh, what does Barkley say? Father time is undefeated. So, you know, eventually the way he plays with such reckless abandon, that's going to wear on you as the years go on. So, so that's the tale of the tape with Westbrook. We also know about uh, the... Well, they played six games. We know about Russ with the 0 for 11 game against the Clippers. Where he went 0 for 11 from the field and 0 for 6 from 3. And that's the game where between him, Pat Bev, and also Kendrick Nunn, between them they only had one field goal among them. That's bad. Needless to say. And then we know about the game in which he botched up the two and two for one against uh, the Portland Trailblazers, which they they and after the game they were saying they knew they kind of read the, what Russ was going to do, so they acted accordingly. So and they played it well. So um, so he has that hanging over. So Russell Westbrook. Does he still have value? Of course he does. I mean, he he still can give you close to a triple-double given the amount of minutes he plays. But his efficiency, he was never all that efficient to begin with. 
his best year in terms of efficiency was when he was with Houston, where he shot uh, uh, 40, over 47% from the field. That was, and that, that was back about uh, three years ago. So, um, yeah, so I think Russ at this point, he is what he is. And what, what the Lakers do from here on out, I'm not sure, but I I would if I were Jeannie Buss, owner of the Lakers, I say you know what? I think I rolled this LeBron and AD train as long as I can uh, ride it. Um, I need to cash out. In other words, start trading off pieces. I think they can. Trade off pieces. I know, you know, those in the media is not going to love this because they love talking about the Lakers. And somehow they feel it's there. I said on the last episode, it feel, they feel that it's the Lakers' birthright to always make the playoffs and always uh, be a contender. And that's not true. That is not true. The Lakers are like any other team. When it's time to rebuild, they should rebuild. So I think they're at that point. That's why I think. I know the season is young, but I don't see much improving. Um, thankfully, they've had Anthony Davis for at least five of the six games. So that's good. But, you know, he's an injury waiting to happen pr pretty much. Then you also want to manage LeBron. You don't want to overtax him. But you have pieces here where you can tear it down to the studs and bring in some young talent, bring in some draft picks, and you build the team that way. I think Darvin Ham, I don't want to say he's in over his head because I think in time he can prove himself to be a um a good coach. I know it's early to say, but uh, he says all the right things. It seems like he has a feel for this roster. So I think it's incumbent upon them just tear it down and let uh, let's see what he can do, what Darvin Ham can do with a young squad. And just start rebuilding and have him as as the face of it. That would mean, you know, trading off of LeBron. I, I understand. I get it. It's sacrilege. But you, you got to start thinking about that. And then also, too, uh, while, while AD is healthy and playing well, you, you get, get some. You can probably get a great haul for him so i know this is crazy talk but it is what it is i'm kind of digressing here because it was supposed to be about uh russell westbrook but nonetheless this is the fix that the lakers are in so i say tear it down to the studs and start over i know there's all these different trade scenarios for westbrook but nobody's Nobody bit in the offseason. Nobody's biting now. 
So, unless the Lakers are willing to give up draft picks, which they've been hesitant to do. So, we'll see what happens there. So, enough talk about the Lakers. Let me talk about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, we know, came over from uh, the Sixers to the Nets in that trade for Harden. Didn't play all of last season. Didn't play in the playoffs for the Nets. He had the back issues. And we know coming in that he had the issue back in the playoffs where he refused to shoot the ball in the two, what was it, the 2000 playoffs? Yeah, so where he refused to shoot the ball. So, no, 2001, I'm sorry. And where he was at close range to the basket and wasn't shooting it. And let's talk about his numbers. Let's 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 do that. Uh, ben Simmons, he's played in about six games already himself. Thirty-one point, about thirty-two minutes. He's average in playing time. Only over six points per game, a little over seven assists, and six and a half rebounds. Above a steal per game, two, about two and a half turnovers. So you're talking about a seven to two and a half. So about, uh, yeah, about three to one, one ish. So, uh, so you have that there. He's shooting 44.1% from the field, but he's only taking less than five uh, field goals per game. You got to say, for a guy, he's a 6'11 guy um, who's, who's a naturally a point guard. He's not forward. Although he can defend multiple positions, but um, yeah, and it's it's funny because I'm I'm in an NBA group on um, Facebook, and they were talking about uh, Lamar Odom. And I said, I said I wrote this um, that you know Lamar Odom was very talented player. Very multifaceted. I said, this is the player that Ben Simmons should aspire to be. Put the player. Because Lamar Odom, I mean, could he have given you more with his talent? Probably so. But he was a perfect fit with those Lakers teams. He was kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, playing with Kobe and playing with those guys. And I just say that, you know, um, I think Simmons could, if he could rebrand this game into something like that, he, that he'd be the better for it. But I think right now the problem for Ben Simmons is that from the neck up, it's all in his head. It's all in his head. 
Oh, and by the way, from the um, free throw line, he's only shooting less than 47% from the free throw line. So he is absolutely shook when it comes to shooting field goals, of which, thankfully, he's only sh shot two and a half uh, per game. But it his problem is from the neck up. And it reminds me of actually a baseball equivalent. I know I'm going to be dating myself with this, but Chuck Knobloch with the New York Yankees. He got traded from Minnesota, the Minnesota Twins. He actually, um, he actually wanted out from Minnesota and demanded a trade, and he got tra he got traded in 1998. Went to the Yankees. Uh, mind you, in Minnesota. He was this great hitting second baseman and a great fielder as well. Came over to the Yankees and right out the gate he struggled. Not only at the bat, but in the field. <laughs> to a point where he, could, he couldn't even make a clean throw from second base to first base. In fact, <laughs> one game, it's not funny. It's funny now that you reflect on it. One of his errant throws actually hit uh, Keith, Keith Oberman's mother. Keith Oberman from previously from ESPN, uh, who's a big Yankee fan. But the the throw hit his mother. She she was fine, thankfully, but nonetheless, uh, yeah. So Chuck Knobloch struggled big time over here. He stayed three years. Got a couple of championships out of it. So they won him just despite him. But and then he went to Kansas City for a season. Then he was never heard from again. He left baseball. But I say all that to say again. Not Block's problem. It was all mental. Simmons' problem, also mental. So yeah, when it's like that. Therapy, yes, you probably should sit down with a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and kind of hash things out. But he's got a mental block that has to be broken. And it got so bad that um, one night against the Milwaukee Bucks, he's down like... He's about five feet from the basket when Kyrie passes it to him. And you can hear Kyrie say, shoot it, shoot it. And he passes the ball. That's why I say it is absolutely mental. So, if you're the Nets and you got this guy who's, who's you know, he's a talented guy. He's able to do a lot of different things. Pass, rebound, defend. But he has a <laughs> he's mentally blocked when it comes to scoring. I, I don't I don't know how you fix that other than sitting down with a, um, someone and talking it out. I don't think the team can talk it out of him. I I just don't know what you do. But this is a guy you know you trade it for him. He's got I believe. Uh, at least three more years on the deal. So, 
Uh, could he be moved? Possibly so. He he certainly can be moved. So, uh, yeah. So, you got both the Nets and the Lakers. Some of which some folks have picked to be playoff teams and teams that can go on deep runs. I'm telling you right now, it's the way things stand right now. It's not going to happen for Evil One. And playoffs might not even be possible for Evil One. Yeah, uh, I'll say that. The way things are con currently constituted, I don't think either team makes playoffs unless they make drastic moves. So, so that is my little breakdown there of those two guys and the situation as a whole with Brooklyn and with the... Lakers in terms of both guys so guys just hang on in and I'll be back shortly so my peeps if you like what you're listening to you can go to my website www.allthingsbasketballwithgd.com you can also email me at thatsportsdugd at gmail.com to support this podcast, you can go to my PayPal, and that email is thatsportsdugd at gmail.com. Also on my Anchor page, I have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast. I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon, SoundCloud, YouTube, CastBox, Radio Public, Podchaser, just to name a few. And also, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse, and Fanbase. So, once again, I thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. And take care and be safe.